Thy word is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, This is Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. You're the light unto my path. And now here's your speaker, Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We have many who are watching this telecast every time it comes on the air. We appreciate that so very much. We receive letters and cards and telephone calls from people telling us uh, about their uh, watching, uh, getting to know your Bible, and we want you to know that your encouragement is greatly appreciated. Today on Know Your Bible, we're going to be discussing the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this is something that's going to be of benefit to you. I hope that you'll continue to watch for the next little while. Today on Know Your Bible, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to emphasize the fact that it is free. And you may be wondering, why do you do this? It's in order that you may get to know your Bible much better. We encourage people to study the Bible because it is the Bible that is our guide. It is the Bible that instructs us and in what we must do in order to be pleasing to our God. And so today on Know Your Bible, we offer it free of charge. In order that you might know how to receive the course, we'd like to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we would like for you to have this free home study Bible course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. If you would like to receive this course, write to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from Colossians, the first chapter, beginning in verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. It is impossible for an individual to evade the claims that Jesus Christ has on his or her life. We, we need to stop and we need to, to consider Jesus. In, in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the writer says, For consider him. And, and we need to stop and we need to consider the Lord Jesus Christ. There have been many great people who've lived on the face of this earth. There are many great people that are living right now. 
but none of them can equal the Lord Jesus Christ. He is outstanding. And one of the things that we need to consider today is His preeminence. I call your attention to the phrase found in verse 18 that I just read, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Jesus Christ was preeminent in the creation of the world. That we learn in verses 16 and 17, by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, whether they're visible or invisible, whether they're seen or unseen, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, notice it. All things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And so He upholds everything by His power. So Jesus Christ was preeminent in the creation of the world. Jesus Christ is a part of the Godhead. And as a part of the Godhead, He was involved in the creation of the world. Genesis 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The word God is plural. And it's the, the, Greek word, or the Hebrew word Elohim. And it involves the Godhead. The Godhead was involved in the creation of everything. Genesis 1.26, the, the, the Godhead said, Let us make man. Let us. That's, that's plural. And so Jesus Christ was with the Father in the creation of the world. And He was the agent of creation. Notice again, verse 7, 17, He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. John chapter 1 and verse 1 beginning says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the same was in the beginning with God. And, and, all, and, and there was nothing made that hath been made except by Him. Jesus Christ was involved in the creation of the world. And so it, Hebrews chapter 11 and 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And so the, everything that exists in this world was involved the Godhead. And Jesus Christ was a part of that. And what a marvelous creation God made for us. Isn't it a wonderful creation? Over in the book of Psalms, in the 8th chapter of, the, of Psalms, the writer begins, in, and I'd like to start reading in verse number 4. Oh, let's go back to verse 3. When I consider the heavens the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with, with glory and honor. That thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and, and thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. And when we think about all the creation of our God, we are prone to say with the psalmist, O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth.
in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 18. Let, listen to what the, the prophet Isaiah said. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God Himself that formed the earth and made it, and He hath established it. He created it not in vain. That is, use, with, to be useless. He formed it to be inhabited. I want you to think about that statement. When the creation of God came into existence, it was in order that the earth might be inhabited. And thus everything that exists in our world today is not an accident. It's not a freak uh, accident of nature. But it was the handiwork of God Almighty. And he says he formed it to be inhabited. And I am the Lord and there is none else. None else. And so Jesus Christ was preeminent in the creation of the world. But the fact is Jesus is preeminent in the Bible. When you study the Old Testament, the message of the Old Testament, Jesus is coming. All through the Old Testament there are prophecies about the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. And when we study the Old Testament, we read about Jesus in prophecy. That's why in writing to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 beginning, that Paul said, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hath been assured of, knowing of whom that thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Now what Holy Scriptures? That would have been the Old Testament, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Friends, when you study the Old Testament, it tells us Jesus Christ is coming into the world. Then when you come to the New Testament, beginning with Matthew through the book of Revelation, it tells us that Jesus has come and is coming again. That's the message of the New Testament. And all through the Bible, we read about Jesus. Because he is preeminent in the Bible. And that, then we learn from Colossians 1 that Jesus is preeminent in redemption. Look in verse 14. In whom we have redemption. In Christ we have redemption. Without Jesus there is no redemption. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The entire scheme of redemption, the whole redemptive process centers around the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 8 in verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was poor, 
yet for your sakes he became, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. And so Jesus Christ was with his Father in heaven. He divested himself of all of that to come down into this world of sin and sorrow and suffering, to live a life of poverty and rejection among men, all because he wanted man to be saved. Hebrews 2 and 9 says he tasted of death for every man. That means he died for you. He died for our sins according to the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3. And we have peace with God through the blood of his cross. Colossians 1 and verse number 20. But why was it necessary for Jesus to redeem us? From what are we being redeemed? And it was sin that made redemption a necessity in the second chapter of Titus. And in verse number 14, Titus in verse 11 begins by, by talking about the grace of God. He said, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now listen to verse 14. Who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That's what Jesus did. Jesus died for my sins, that my sins might be forgiven. And this redemption from sin is found where? In him. Look at verse 14 again. In whom we have redemption. In who? In Christ. Redemption from sin is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus Christ that we have those blessings that are spiritual in nature. Now there are blessings that God gives us that, that all people enjoy. The, the sunshine, the rain, the air that we breathe, the, all of the blessings of nature. All of those are blessings from God, but there are some special blessings called spiritual blessings. Listen to Paul in Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You see, it is in Christ that we have that redemption from sin, where we have that forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. Listen to Paul in Romans 8 in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. People who are in Jesus Christ are not condemned people. Why? They've been redeemed. They've been forgiven. They've been pardoned of their sins. And then listen to Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
And so what are we in Jesus Christ? We are a new creature in Christ. So if a person is not in Christ, then he's not a new creature. If a person is not in Christ, then he, he is still a condemned person. If a person is not in Christ, then they don't have access to those spiritual blessings that Paul talked about. But let's read another passage. This one is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10. I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. Where is salvation found? Salvation is in Christ. Now listen to verse 14 again. In whom we have redemption through His blood. And so it is in Jesus Christ that we have that redemption. Therefore, I want to know, and I'm certain that you would like to know, how an individual who believes in Christ, who is willing to give up the sin in his life, will be able to get into Jesus Christ where you have access to all those spiritual blessings. Let, let me read to you from Galatians, the third chapter, and verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, did put on Christ. And so we are baptized into Christ. And it is in Christ that we have those spiritual blessings. The blessing of forgiveness. It is in Christ that we're no longer condemned. It is in Christ that we're new creatures. It is in Christ that we have salvation but we are baptized into Him. Let me read a passage to you from Colossians, the, the second chapter in verse number 12. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. And so we're buried with Christ. And this is an act of faith on our part. It's through the faith of the operation of God. And then we'll rise to walk in the newness of life. Friends, Jesus Christ is preeminent in your redemption. And He's preeminent in mine. But, but Jesus is to be preeminent in the lives of Christians. It is said of some early Christians in Acts 4.13, they, they took knowledge of them that that they had been with Jesus. And our lives ought to be so closely aligned with the life of our Lord that, that when people observe the way we live, the way we talk, the way we conduct ourselves, our attitudes, that they can tell that we have been with Jesus. But is Jesus Christ your Lord? That's the bottom line. He is Lord. There isn't any doubt about that. There is one Lord, Ephesians 4, 5. He's Lord over all, Acts 10, 36. He's Lord in Christ, Acts 2, 36. And in He is Lord of the living and of the dead, Romans 14, verses 7 to 10. He is Lord, but He's the Lord of your life. I saw a great big billboard out by a 
a, a highway. And it, and it read, Jesus is Lord of this city. Well, that sounds good. And He should have been and should be the Lord of that city. But He's Lord of the universe. He, he's Lord over all. And He is Lord whether we acknowledge Him as Lord or not. Well, someone says, what does that really mean when, when He's Lord? Well, when Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, He is... The, the things that He imposes upon me are not duties, but they are my desires. 1 John 5 and 3 says, This is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His, and His commandments are not grievous. You see, if I really love the Lord, and He's the Lord of my life, and I, I have volunteered to be His servant, His, His slave, as it were, well, whatever he asks me to do is not some kind of a burden that I'm going to carry around on my back. Absolutely not. I do it because I love him. And I, and I serve him. Duties become desires. And then when Jesus Christ is the Lord of my heart, my life, there's going to be a smile on my face and there's going to be joy in my heart. I see people sometimes when I go around the country preaching and I look out over the audience while I'm standing up in the pulpit and I think, man, that, that woman must be in severe pain with the look on her face. Or this man must be, he must be in terrible pain with the look on his face, you know. And, and, and some of us look as though we are in great pain when we sing songs of praise to God and we sit there and we listen to a sermon and but Christians ought to be happy people, joyful people. I sometimes tell audiences that they look as though they have been baptized in vinegar and been drinking persimmon juice. They're, they're not very happy people. But Paul said, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. He was in prison when he wrote that. If any man could ever have been an unhappy man, it could have been Paul. If any man could ever have had a terrible attitude, it could have been Paul. But Saul, Paul said to those on the outside, I want you to live a life of rejoicing. And when you obey the gospel by believing on Christ, and repenting of your sins, and confessing your faith in Christ, you're baptized into Christ, and He adds you to the church, Acts 2.47 then you have something to rejoice about. In Acts the 8th chapter, Philip taught the man from Ethiopia and he talked to him about Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water and the eunuch said, here's water, why can't I be baptized? And he, he said, well, if you believe, you may. He said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing because now he was a Christian. His sins had been forgiven. That burden had been lifted from his soul. Yes, when Jesus is to be preeminent 
in the lives of his people. And when he is, every day is like Sunday. Every day is a day that we walk with Jesus. Oh, some people get up on Sunday morning and they put on their Sunday suit or their Sunday dress and they, they go and they sit in the service and they, they listen to a sermon, they sing songs, they listen to the prayer and pray along with the person leading the prayer and they, they observe the Lord's Supper and then when they get home they, they hang their Christianity up in the closet. But not when Jesus is preeminent in your life. Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. It's a daily following after the Lord Jesus Christ. And when He's preeminent in my life, I recognize that He owns me lock, stock, and barrel. You see, Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 said, We are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. He owns me. I don't own Him. He owns me. He owns my body. He owns my soul. Everything that I am belongs to Him. Why shouldn't He be preeminent in my life? And then Jesus Christ is preeminent in the church. Verse 18. He is the head of the body. The church, the head, controls the body. One head, one body. One head, one body. And the body does not control the head. The head controls the body. And there is no earthly center, no earthly headquarters, no earthly person that controls the church. It's controlled by Christ and by His Word. Colossians 3 and verse 17 says, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So everything we do in the church should be governed by the Word of God. In a lesson to come, we want to talk about how we are governed by the Word of God in the church today. But Jesus Christ finally was preeminent over death. Verse 18, He's the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. He is Lord over all. I'd like to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Thy word is the lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. Know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question concerning the Church of Christ, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free home study Bible course, 
write to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Have a great week, and join us again next time for Know Your Bible. You're the light into my path.